everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We want to invite you to learn more about the heart and vision of City of Lights. So check out our website at cityoflights.church and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at City Lights Indie. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy today's message. We are kicking off our About That Life series this week. And really, kind of the vision of that is just what I was hitting on, is that many times there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of celebration, which there should be, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We talked about last week that the resurrection is, is the key. Without the resurrection, our faith is futile. Without Jesus being raised from the dead, we should all just go home. But the fact is that he did raise, rise victoriously over sin, death, and the grave. But it wasn't just for a great declaration then. It wasn't just for us to those who believe and experience and receive that gift to one day get out of hell free and get to be with him for eternity. That is a great bonus and a great part of it, reigning with him for all eternity. But there is also a reality that God wants us to experience it and live in the here and now. That we don't just have to wait for the sweet by and by to experience resurrection life and power. That it actually means something different for those who believe and to receive this power. It's, there's a transformation and a transforming work that God wants to do in each one of us. He wants us to live above board. He doesn't want us to receive the gift of eternal life and the resurrection power and live as though we're dead. And just be the walking dead, walking with like automaton zombies feeding off of our flesh rather than living and experiencing the full life in Jesus. And so this morning, I want to start us off and kind of set the tone for this series by opening up, if you want to go to the book of Colossians, to be found in the New Testament. And here in This letter, written by the Apostle Paul to this church plant in Colossae, there's been, there was a lot of misunderstandings going on, and not just misunderstandings, there was actually some people who had come in and they were really preaching some false doctrine. They were bringing in a lot of syncretism of some of the paganism, and then others bringing in some of the religious just traditions from Judaism. There's debate on exactly what the issue was, but the heart of it was that here was a people that was trying to figure out how now do we live in the resurrection of Jesus while many others were just trying to just do the same old, same old. We just wanted to superimpose our religious constraints because this is the way grandma always did it rather than walking in the newness of the new covenant of Jesus. Then you had others that were bringing in paganism and other kind of uh, spiritual, spiritual things, calling people to pray to, to angels and to worship different deities. And, and, and Paul is writing to say, hey, guys, this is a new thing. We got to put away the old. We got to learn how to walk in the newness of the resurrection life of Jesus. So we're going to begin here in chapter 3. Beginning in verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, 
where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden within Christ our God. When Christ, who is in your, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put on put off the old self with these practices and have put on the new self. Say this, put off the old self. Put on the new self. Put off the old self. Put on the new self. Then he says in uh, verse 12, going on with that, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against the other, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. We are to put off the old self. There was a way in which we lived as people dead in sin. And in newness of life, God has given us a new resurrection to be able to be born into and put on our new identity in Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you right now that you'd help us. Lord, that you would help us, God, to have a revelation of who you are and what you've called us to do. Lord, that you would give us the courage and the grace, Lord, to stop holding on. Stop holding on to the old life. Stop holding on to the dead skin, Lord, that weighs us down, that holds us back. And Lord, that you would help us to come alive in you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm just going to share today that my, my point is very simple. And we're not going to talk long because I want us you know, our baptisms this morning are not just uh, an add-on to extracurricular. This is why a big part of why we're here today. So I want to clearly communicate what it is that we believe when we come and we talk about the power of baptism and what that means for us. Baptism, and when we talk about baptism as a concept, we're talking about baptism as a declaration of alignment with Jesus, as a proclamation and a protest. Baptism is a proclamation and it is a protest. If you have a ring on your finger because you have been married, wave your ring in the air. Go ahead, wave it in the air, okay? Everybody see that? Give a hand to our married people up here. Let's give them a hand. God bless you. God bless you. And that was a pathetic hand. Give a hand. We need to wake up. We need some more caffeine. Hallelujah. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Now, when you see that ring, that ring is a proclamation that says, seats taken. Right? 
This ring should let everybody know that I belong to somebody. That the store is closed. The auction is over. It's over. I belong to someone. It is a declaration. I remember when I was a student, I went back to school. I was an adult ed student. God bless adult ed students. I used to make fun of adult ed students. Can I just be honest? When I was like a ratty, arrogant freshman that just was a hot mess. I don't even know why I was being arrogant. I was a hot mess myself. Changed my major four times in two years. I didn't know what I was going to do in life. But I remember sitting in a class. It was an evening class. There was a bunch of adult ed students. And one of the guys, he actually like, you know, sometimes his daughter would come in, do crossword puzzles or homework in the back. And I was like, man, what's up with this dude? I mean, man, leave your kid at home. Whatever. God was working on me. But the Lord had a way of working things because I ended up leaving school after a couple years, and I went back to school a few years later, and I was now the adult ed student with a wife and a kid. And uh, I'm sitting in class, and you would think, I mean, I'm, at this time, you know, it's, I'm, in, I'm 25 years old, 26 years old. I'm in this class with a bunch of little youngins, little 17, 18-year-old kids. And as I'm sitting here, I'm in class, I'm just not even paying attention. I mean, I'm taking notes. I look over, and this little girl is, is on, on, on the left of me, and she keeps looking over at me and kind of like winking. I'm like, does she got something in her eye? Like, what is happening? And I look at her, I'm like, man, whatever, whatever. I keep, keep writing. And she started wink, winking again. I'm like, and, and I'm like, okay, I know I got this big A ring. So I just kind of look at her and just go. And y'all, with all boldness, this girl looked at me and went. I was like, dang, she was bold. And it's amazing to me, we, we can, just because you give your life to the Lord, doesn't mean all of a sudden the enemy is going to back off. The enemy is bold. The enemy is not one bit ashamed to keep imposing. I mean, I just wish when you got saved, the enemy was like, oh, man, he's taking, man, I'll leave you alone now. I'm going to stop tempting you. I'm going to stop condemning you and discouraging you. I'm not going to try to entice you or cause you to... Break your covenant with the Lord. And sometimes, for whatever reason, we can tend to shrink back. And we get shouted down by the boldness of the enemy. Rather than walking in the boldness that God has called us to in his resurrection power. And baptism was not a little side deal. Baptism, particularly at the time of Jesus, was a grand proclamation. It was a protest against the powers that be. It was a declaration that this is not about just another religious cleansing. Jesus has come. The sacrificial lamb has come. And now is the time to turn and repent and walk after him. And it was a declaration. This was one of those things that if you did it, people knew. It was a grand announcement. It was a proclamation for, the, for new life. And it was also a protest against death and the flesh. I believe, not because I just came up with it, but because we see this pattern in Scripture where people were saved and then they were baptized. That baptism was something that came after the transformative work of Jesus. I don't believe this morning that you have to be baptized in order to come into newness of life. We don't believe that here. 
I don't believe if you give your life to the Lord, if you do what the Bible says that you should do, if you walk out and you get hit by a car, all of a sudden you're like, dang, should have got wet first. I don't believe that. However, we do believe that baptism is an act of obedience. And it's a transformative act and it's a demonstration of spiritual rebirth. That it is supernatural and it is symbolic. The water represents that cleansing. It's, it's the watery grave in which we as, as people are placed into the water. As we have given, as we have confessed with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That we now have died. We have died to sin. We have, we have died to the old way. And we've come alive in newness of life in him. And what does it mean when you die to one thing and you come alive in another thing? I don't know if any of you, maybe some of these guys in here, you ever like have a shirt that you got like back in college? Maybe when you were, I know we got a lot of fit guys in here. Maybe it wasn't quite as snug back then. But then as you get older, there just comes a time where it's just, it it went from being like the shirt that you like to wear to all of a sudden you only wear when you're washing the car and sometimes it's a rag. Or you're cleaning out the house. I know we would love to do spring cleaning if it would only turn into spring. But you go in your closet and you got all kinds of stuff that you know good and well. Like there is a lie of deception that has told you, I might need that sometime. I don't know when I'm going to need an ugly pasty shirt like that, but it might come around. It's not coming around. You need to kill it. And, and, and the worst thing is, especially because we've had different moves, is when you know you need to get rid of something, especially if it's a clothing item, if it stayed in the same box from one move to another. You're like, man, I, this box, did we already pack these things? I don't think they've been open. And you realize, oh, okay, we'll just move it from this corner of the garage to our new corner of the garage. And it's not helping us. It's not adding life to us. It's just weighing us down. It's holding us back. So often people have a moment, they'll have an encounter. Maybe you've been like me where you had an encounter with Jesus at one point in your life, but you did not truly cut off the deadness. And you have continued to believe the same old dead lies and hold on to the same old dead baggage. The Lord wants you to let that thing die. Put it into the watery grave. Put it to death and walk in newness of life. The scripture tells us in Colossians 2 that we were buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen through him through, by faith of the operation of God who has risen him from the dead. Romans 6, 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We see this pattern particularly beginning in Acts 2. In Acts 2.38, it says, when the people responded to Peter's sermon of the day of Pentecost, the first thing he encouraged them to do was to repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sin. In Acts 8.26.40, it says, this is the account of Philip. As Philip had an encounter with a eunuch, an Ethiopian eunuch, and we see him, the Ethiopian eunuch gives his life to the Lord in an incredible manner, and he's like, Where can we get baptized? There's a pool of water. Let's get baptized right here. 
Why? Because he wanted to respond. He wanted to declare and he wanted to proclaim that my life belongs to Jesus. And I no longer, I have broken the allegiance to death. This morning, as we baptize, I love baptisms. And one of the things I love about them is because, I will say this, I'm thankful for our parents that have a heart to dedicate their children. I believe child dedication is of the Lord. If you're a parent and you are walking with the Lord, God has transformed you. We fully endorse and we actually have baby dedications coming up this month. Because I believe that there is something powerful about making a declaration to commit our children to the Lord. And not just as parents, but as a community, as a family. We say the church is the family of God. And that we, as the family of God, make a declaration that we want to support and we want to endorse that these children be raised in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. However, I don't believe in infant baptism. Because I believe that baptism, I believe the scripture demonstrates to us That baptism is to be an act of recognition and allegiance to someone who has come into, who has given their life and surrendered their life to the Lord. A baby cannot do that. And so I would, I've had many people say, you know, I don't know, I got baptized when I was a baby. When I was baptized when I was little, I don't know if I should get baptized again. And I want to encourage you today. You know, uh, some people might not you know, might disagree with me at this, you know, and say, well, I got saved a while ago, but I never got baptized. I got baptized when I was six. Uh, I believe if the Lord, if you had given your life to the Lord and you were a child and it was real, then by all means, that counted. However, I don't think that there is anything wrong with dedicating and communicating and declaring and proclaiming at any point in time that my life belongs to God. And I know I got baptized, and it was real when I was young. I was about seven years old at Jesus the Word Church over in Hallville. God bless it, 16th and Tibbs. God did a real work in my life. But there was a lot of life that happened between 7 and 21. And there came a point where I knew as a grown A man, I need to stand firm and declare that my life is not my own, that my life belongs to Jesus, and I declared death to all the sin patterns. Now, it didn't discredit, it didn't disqualify, and it did not dishonor my parents or my commitment that I made at that point. But it was a declaration that I wanted to make moving forward as a grown man. And so I want to encourage you. Maybe you have given your life to the Lord at some point in time. And you've been walking, maybe you've been going to church, you've been engaging. And there has been maybe a pattern of... (laughs) wandering, maybe you've had a season where you have not as an adult made this declaration and walked in this proclamation, I want to invite you to be able to do that this morning. There's no pressure. There's no condemnation. But we got extra shirts and towels. So I'm just saying, we want to make, make it available for you to make this declaration this proclamation and protest today to walk in life. Now, if you, I just want to do this because we're going to be moving and we're going we're, we're to celebrate these things together. If you're getting baptized today, you've already signed up for baptisms, would you stand to your feet? Come on, Judah. I see you, man.
Come on. All right. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to have, I'm going to send you, we're going we're gonna to go with Miss Amy. She's going to get you all set up, set up to get wet. You can go stay standing. So stay standing, big old Jeff. I see you, homeboy. That's my cousin. My cousins. I'm so excited. We got four Owenses getting baptized today. God bless. Hallelujah. Uh, but I also want to put this from this invitation out there. If you are here and you maybe didn't sign up for baptisms, but you're like, man, I need, I'm, I'm ready to make this declaration. I want to make this happen today. We want to make that available. If you want to do that, go ahead and stand up right now. If that's you, if you want to give, come on, come on, man. Anybody else? If you want to get baptized today, the water is warm. All right, come on. All right, so all of you who stood up, I want you to, where, where's Amy at? Where'd she go? Where's she back there? Go out to the door. Let's give them a hand as they go out. They're going to get set. And uh, Kyle, go ahead and come up here because it'll make me finish faster. Because we got we, we to gotta dunk. But I also want to say this. Is that the whole reason that we are doing these baptisms, the whole reason we can do them, is because God so loved us that he pursued us though we were dead in sin. See, I want to make it very clear that if you're here this morning and maybe you have not given your life to the Lord, or maybe you grew up in the church and you've been around church stuff, but as one pastor once told me, he said, just because you go to a McDonald's doesn't make you a cheeseburger. Just because you're in a, you're in a garage doesn't make you a car. And just because you grew around church doesn't make you saved. Just because you have been around life doesn't mean that you're alive. You know, there's a lot of people that live life in all of us before Jesus are literally just living life as the walking dead. We are dead in sin. Not sick in sin, dead in sin. There's a difference. If you're sick, you don't need to be resurrected. It's just, you know, maybe you need some medicine. Maybe you need a little boost, quick shot. That was not the condition of our souls. We were dead in sin. Dead. Without hope. Even the most affluent or the most put together of us, still dead the only difference is many times those other things can numb us or deceive us until eventually it's all exposed and there's nothing. God so loved you and desired for you to be made alive that he sent his son Jesus. He sent his son Jesus to pay the price of sin. The scripture says that the wages of sin is death. And the gift of God is eternal life. You say, what is sin? Sin is missing the mark. That there's a standard that God has set of holiness. And there's not a one of us in here who has had the perfect score. The scripture says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Because God knew that we could not live the sinless life. And that we could never 
do enough good to close the gap and to be right and be made right. Jesus came and he paid that price on the cross. He didn't stay there. He rose victoriously. Why? Because it wasn't enough just to die. He needed to conquer sin and death in the grave. So he rose three days later, not just to put on a show, but to invite us to again be restored in right relationship, to be able to begin walking in newness of life, to walk in freedom and identity, to walk not under the old labels of shame and condemnation, not the old labels of brokenness, not the old labels of of our weakness, but to walk in his righteousness, to walk in his rightness, in his love, in his mercy, in his kindness, to be able to wake up in the morning and know that regardless of whether you did anything, you are loved. Not because of what you did, not because you scored this, not because you scratched this person's back. This isn't some weird exchange. He loves you because he loves you. And so I want you to know if there's anyone in here this morning that you have yet to give your life to the Lord, I want you to have that opportunity. Because I believe that if you're here today and you've not yet given your life to the Lord, the reason that you're here is because God loves you a whole, whole lot. and He drew you here not just to get your friend off your back that asked you to come, not just so that you get a little pre-workout vibe before you go to the gym afterwards, not just so you could check off the box and said you came an extra day after Easter, but so that you could walk in freedom. I'm going to pray. We're gonna, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. We're going to pray. And I want to encourage you, if that's you this morning, respond. This is a great day to walk in newness of life. Then we're going to go out here. We're going to celebrate resurrection life through these baptisms. Go ahead and bow your head. Lord, you know the work that you're doing in hearts all over this room. Lord, you know the seeds of your love that you've been sowing. Lord, I thank you that every person that's in here is a person that you died for. Is a person that you poured yourself out for. Is a person that you desire to not just exist, but to be fully alive in you. Lord, I'm asking that you would break off and that you would shatter old, dead mindsets. Lord, that you would shatter and break up, Lord, every lie that has tried to take their minds captive. Lord, every lie and every, every scheme of the enemy to keep them that has almost put this, this vice or this, this lock on their heart, Lord, to keep them from receiving your love. Lord, I thank you that your love penetrates. Breakthrough this morning. Lord, fill them with your affection, Lord. Overwhelm them. But I thank you you're calling them home. If you're here this morning with our heads bowed, and our eyes closed, and you say, I want to walk in newness of life. I want to receive Jesus as my King and Rescuer, as my Lord and Savior. I'm tired of just walking through the motions. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. 
Raise your hand right where you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. If there's anybody else, I want to give you one more opportunity. If you're here and you say, I want to surrender my life to God, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. Don't forget, you can find us online at cityoflights.church and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.